0: Welcome to the Avance Podcast, I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. How's it going, buddy? Well, I, it's, I feel like we're living in Florida right now. It's raining and it's... It's so humid. I mean, I'm sticking to things and I yeah. don't want to. So yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm enjoying this week or I should say, yeah, yeah this week's been pretty good. It's going to be nasty this next week, but I asked for the heat to go away. It has gone away,
1: but it's a little humid. I, said, <laughs> so, I don't know if it's gone away. It just is raining in hot now. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, the weather, that's an exciting topic. Right? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Big gulps. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a fair weekend here. You guys are hearing this right after that. So we've been hearing the Blue Angels off in the distance. Um, and I, I know there's plenty of people still out there in the rain, so you got to give Seattle Lights credit. They're yeah. Just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, rain doesn't bother us. Nah. Yeah. It's, a good, it's still a good time out there. I just got back from Canada. How was the Great White North? It was uh, It was beautiful. Um, it became smoky, so I came home a little bit early, but it... Um, are you starting fires again? I am. Yeah, okay. I know. Good. This is still... We went through four forest fires, which was... A lot, but oddly... Is that a record? How
0: many did we go through on the rally that time? Like three?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like that. Yeah. Um, but the day we hiked up to the tea house above Lake Louise was pretty clear. So That's such an easy hike. Oh, totally. Yeah. anybody <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know. Yeah. It's marked as easy on all trails. It is, it not. is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, for some of you, like I have some friends that would run up that and down and be like, okay, let's go. Yeah. You know, it's like a warm up for Linnea. But, um. For so the rest of us, <laughs> it is... Mere uh, mortals, yeah. Yeah, for the rest of us, it's three miles uphill. Okay. Um, and it's... We ended up doing about 2,600 feet elevation gain that hike. Yeah. It was a lot. And Theo is an international dog. He went to Canada with you. Yep, and he did the hike with us. Okay. Eight miles. We only we only carried him a couple of times because of the terrain, not because he... Wanted to be carried. He just uh the train was it, there was no shade. Yeah, and it was on the rocks, and so we're like, yeah, let's just carry it's a him. Safety thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like seven pounds, so whatever. Yeah. That wasn't a big deal, sure. um, and just put him up on the pack. And he was a great little, great little hiker. He slept like a baby that night. We all did. Was it hard to get a dog into Canada? No, and so as long as you have um his vaccination certificate, yeah, like they knew exactly. So,
0: so it's just like a human right now, pretty <laughs> much.
1: Yeah, no. So we just came to the border, we're like here's his stuff, and they were like, cool, you guys are good, have a nice trip, and cool. so. Um, a little Carter tip, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I have two, okay. but I'm going to bring in the Carter tip. Um, a special thanks to them. This is our 301st episode, but Carter has been a long-time supporter, and they are, um, Wade Carter, who owns, obviously, Carter Motors, uh, is a very humble and, I want to say, low-key kind of guy. So extremely I know, kind. Yeah, extremely kind guy, um, It just... Everybody likes Wade. If you know Wade, you like Wade, just kind of the way he is. So we really appreciate him doing this, and it gives me a good challenge every week. So I hope I do them justice because we've had such a great relationship with them. But uh, we've talked
0: about it before. Like Dan and I will sit down and do a show, and I'm like, we both go, "You got a tip," and then we we then we go through our day, which is exactly what's going to happen yep. here. And it's like. What did we do? What happened? (laughs) Right. So if
1: you're going to a border crossing, okay. if you're from Europe, you're going to laugh at us because you're like border crossing. What are you talking about? You mean drive that way? (laughs) Yeah. uh, No, for the rest of us, it's a pain in the ass sometimes, especially if you're in line. But um, obviously the Washington State Department of Transportation, Idaho, DOT, Montana, anything, any border state is going to have border wait times on their app. Super good to know. If you're going north on I-5 through out of Washington, there's three border crossings within about 10 minutes of each other. So you can just pick which one you want and Save yourself twenty five minutes, and sometimes or more hours. Occasionally, the Abbotsford crossing is really tiny and not used that often, so that's a good popular one to buy detour and go back.
0: And you have to go through the states, or, or can you go through the border protection, or whatever? That, what do they call? It? What do you mean? Because the the borders are not run by Washington State. The the borders are run by our Border Patrol. Border Patrol. Yeah. But yeah. That's not. That's not. That's gov. That's federal. Not. State, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just but you can get the wait times on the state site. On the please. state, okay. on, on the apps is got what i saying. Okay.
1: It, not just the signs, but you can check the apps as you go to see if there's any problems, oh. if there's a crossing, closing, whatever. But as you go up, um, if you don't want to be harassed at the border crossing, it's like most of the interactions with law enforcement, uh, make yourself not a pain in the ass. And so when I pull up, I have the truck and I have um, a bed cover on the back. So before I got there, I unrolled the bed cover, put all four windows down, had all my stuff ready knew where I was going. That's a big one. Where are you going? How long are you going to stay? Like these are the normal questions and everybody should have that information handy and ready to present as soon as they get there. Because I mean, I'm trying to make myself as visible as possible. Unless you have something you shouldn't, border crossings are relatively easy if you're prepared. And so um, I have been searched once just as a routine, but a long time ago, like 10 years ago, and it was pretty quick. Um, But in the truck, it was like, all my windows are down, all my paperwork's ready. Everything's exposed. I had a couple of toolboxes with me and stuff, so if they want to pop them open, whatever. But they were mostly, like, looked in the back, and they're like, yeah, you're fine. You're like, go ahead, have a nice day. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Be prepared when you cross the border.
0: And the only time I've ever gotten harassed is coming back. Mm. And I was in my dad's 7 Series. This was years ago, and they had a report of, like, young kids in an exotic car. Well, not well, a luxury sedan. Oh. <laughs> got pulled into secondary. They took the seats out and everything, and then told me that it wasn't their responsibility to put them back in. So I got to put them back in with the... <laughs> So that was fun, but that was the American. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. We came back as really easy, too. I mean, they're just like, we because we have so much paperwork from traveling. We have like vaccinations, passport, global entry, uh, enhanced IDs, yeah. Nexus, you know, everything you could think of. Are they
0: still asking for your vaccination records as no, well? No. No, okay.
1: they don't ask for anything. He nice. was just like, He's like, with all your paperwork, I thought there'd be more of you in there. <laughs> it's like, no. It's like, we just travel a lot, so we figure we just give everything we have. And he's sure. like, he's like, cool. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, like, it's nice. Yeah. Just don't make yourself a target. Don't you know? Comply. Show some respect. It's pretty easy.
0: They're there to do a job. There's no reason to get. I mean, yeah. And even if they're going to get lippy with you, remember somebody else is pissing them off. So
1: yeah, not necessarily you. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. uh, and then the next one, as we got up above, uh, we were on the way to Sun Peaks. Um, Thanks, Benji, for that tip. By the way, Benji's the one who told me about Sun Peaks. I hadn't been up there before. It's north of Kamloops, BC. About, it's rare when you haven't been somewhere. Yeah, yeah. well, forty-five <laughs> minutes north of Kamloops. He was right. It's like a little mini Whistler. A lot quieter. Really nice. Uh, much cheaper hotels. Yeah. Uh, beautiful place to stay though. Loved it up there. Great food. Some good mountain biking up there. Yeah. Great mountain biking. Some of the best pizza I've ever had as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Out of, yeah. Outside of Italy, best pizza I've ever had probably.
0: Back country Canada. Interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, nice area. But um, we went up there, and we were on our way up, and I pulled over uh, at a little gas station to get uh, some drinks and some ice. And the guy pulled up in a on a CRF two hundred and fifty, and he had a totally flat front tire, no tools with him, no tire spoons. Um, they did have a little mini like uh, CO two air compressor, which a lot of like dual sporters have. That's that's more than adequate. Um, but I happen to have my air compressor and a bunch of tools with me because that's how I travel. <laughs> just rolls her eyes at me and she's like go ahead because she knows I, I won't let somebody be broken down on a motorcycle.
0: Go save that man's day <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so
1: I had uh, I used this, the round end of a wrench to kind of reseat his tube because it was totally flat and then my truck compressor had enough air to uh, blow up the tube fast enough to basically reseat the bead which on a, in a tube you don't really have to reseat the bead it's not the same thing but it makes it much easier if you have higher compression just to get it seated quickly that you don't pinch the tube and so it kind of, it aligned everything up, got them on the road in like five minutes.
0: That's one thing that, I mean, as I've been riding more and more on the CRF is the fact that I don't carry an extra tube and I haven't been carrying a patch kit. So, um, I mean, if something happens.
1: Yeah. It, when you're riding alone, yeah. So yeah. a patch kit on a tube is actually usually enough. It's it's rare that you get, I mean, yeah. So If I'm a, not
0: carrying any way to get air back into it, it's going
1: to be a long right. day. So yeah. yeah, you want a CO2 yeah. compressor, tire spoons, aluminum ones are really easy because everybody worries about weight. Can I use those little CO2 cartridges like I use on my mountain bike? Absolutely. Okay. They work great. Um, Excellent. Okay. or you can get a little hand pump okay. which is going to take a while but think about it more like a bicycle tube than a car tire. So yeah. I mean you can actually use a hand pump. No, I have Pro-Z. that and
0: I've got the CO2 cartridges mm-hmm. and I I think I even have a plug kit. We we I, we bought it when we when we first had, got the monkeys, but mm-hmm. I've got one of the like, you know, where you shove the little slug into there. Yeah. And I don't know how well
1: that would work. That won't work on a tube. But no. um, you can use uh, a little the little slime patches on yeah. tubes. Those yeah. look great. Okay, uh, I mean obviously not a permanent fix, but the bare minimum you should carry is some aluminum tire spoons. This is dual sporters, not dirt bikers. I have um, one. Yep, yep. Yeah, I've got a set of those. Um, I really love the rear rack on the CRF that I've got. It's um, yeah. little aluminum rack, and I've got a little uh, little bag on the back, and it's got tools in it.
0: My tire spoon will do the, the tires, and it also is the same diameter as the rear nut on the—
1: Yeah, same with mine. —on the
0: rear wheel. Yep. So, yeah.
1: So I highly recommend you carry those. But um, if you have a buddy, though, like, like Nick and I obviously have matching bikes, but if you have—assign <laughs> you know, one person to carry the tools or split up the weight on long rides, that's really what I was getting at. Yeah. If you're going on a ride, I, we always have enough tools to get us back. And if we're going farther, I'll carry a little more. If we're just going around here, I don't need to—like in Washington, I've said this before on the show— it's really, really hard to be abandoned in the U.S. You have to get really far out there. Like Montana, Wyoming areas, that's where you're going to worry about it in the lower 48. Alaska, a different story. But around here, even on the most backcountry roads, you're probably going to see somebody in a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just there's just so many people now. It's really hard to die alone in the U.S. in the middle of nowhere. Now, there was that guy in Death Valley. Did you see that? Gee, I wonder why. Rental car. He, went, he, tried, he was running out of gas. He tried to take a shortcut because he found it on the map. It was a dirt road, of course, he got himself stuck, yeah. and luckily, though, this is, this is a 124-degree day, by the way, so he ran his car until the AC died, and it was, it was a low of 90 at night that night, and luckily, of course, because he's in the US, somebody just happened to be off-roading out there and was like, hey, you need some water, <laughs> and saved him, but obviously, don't take your rental car off-road in Death Valley. Hey, it's got a name that you might want to think about before you go out there exploring,
0: well, I mean, I told you I got stuck on I-90 on Wednesday for yeah. two and a half hours, two hours. The fact that I hit, I mean, car burned down, not my car, That and they, we got stuck bumper to bumper and ended up, new experience, I don't know why it was exciting to me of driving east on the westbound lanes, because we all got tired of sitting there, but I mean, it was funny because I just put gas in my car, and I've been really good about that, and, but had I not, I really would have had a problem, because... I would not have had enough gas to yep. sit there and, you know, my car's like, the gas mileage right now is 12 miles a gallon. I'm like, why is that? I'm like, oh, that's right, because I was sitting on the side of the road doing nothing. Yep. So it's important, you know. Preparation, especially with these heats, it's getting hotter, you know. And uh, make sure, you know, I, I always, I haven't been as good as, good as well, I've used it. I always keep a couple of bottles of water in my car, too.
1: Yep. So, yeah. I had the fridge. Yeah, you had a fridge, Yeah. So. I, that is, uh, I love that thing. So I've got that Vivor, I have it in my, it's got a Bluetooth connection. I can turn it on and off. I call it Vivor La Fridge <laughs> and, uh, I renamed it and, uh, that thing has been awesome. <laughs> Did for you name trips. it in the Bluetooth? Yeah. Vivor okay. La Fridge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, it's as cheap as it gets. I really bought it just to see if I would even use it that much and I it, love it. It really works. In fact, oddly well. Was-
0: <laughs> I, what was really surprising, we took it obviously on the on the McCall trip, is I was wondering how well it sealed and we had had breakfast and somebody put a breakfast sandwich in there and it kept it cold, but then we opened the lid and like the smell of the breakfast sandwich, I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. Like, but the fridge kept it sealed to the point where we didn't smell it in the car until we opened it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's <laughs> important to put it in the car the right way so you can open the lid though. That's, that's I, true. I've, I've learned that. Yeah. So um, yeah.
1: I will say about this one though, it has a high pitched squeal and I finally heard it, it drive Sean a nuts. Uh, I can hear it. Just a tiny, tiny bit. It doesn't bother me because I'm yeah. older in my hearing shot from concerts, tools, everything else. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have no high-pitch hearing. Anyway, so it doesn't bother me that much. But just just so you're aware, I, this one does make that noise. Uh, it's really annoying and really expensive fridges, like the medic and stuff, obviously do work better. But um, if you have a newer Ford, a 21 and newer, you have an outlet in your bed. A lot of trucks have outlets in their beds. And if mine did, this thing, would be. I would just leave it back there. It's perfect. And for 150 bucks that I paid for it, I've been so happy with it. You paid 150 bucks for that. Yeah. Wow. 150 bucks for the fridge, and it holds a lot. It Says a lot for somebody
0: stupid that just bought a Yeti. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but it's green, so I love it. Okay, the Yeti is really cool. I know, but I still, have like, price point. But yeah, it's it's. I've been amazed by that fridge. It's been really nice.
1: Yeah, so I highly yeah. recommend everybody. I never yeah. thought I'd be so happy to have one in the car, but man, it is nice to have ice cold water on a well, road trip.
0: That's the thing is, I was thinking when you're like, oh, I put it in the bed. I'm like, oh, yeah, but then you can't get to it like while you're driving. So.
1: Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. For the noise, though, I mean, if I wish, like, yeah, if I, now that I realize how much I love it, my next vehicle, my next Raptor, I will probably step up and buy like a nice fridge to put in it because I really lo- enjoy having it. And because we drive so much, like, if we didn't do road trips, this thing would be kind of an excessive thing when a cooler would do the job. But yeah, on a nine, 10 hour trip, oh man, it's just great. It was great. I mean, we drove 10 hours yesterday, truthfully. We didn't hear it
0: with McCall because we had three guys in the car. We were having some of the most random conversations you can have. Great conversations. Yeah. We got to the point where it was like, if you had $2 million, if you had a million dollars, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that conversation, our last episode, we talked about, our, our 300th episode, we talked about going 200 miles an hour and places to do that. We actually got a voicemail. Uh, for people who read the show notes, mm. uh, we have a phone We have, a we phone have show up. notes? No. Yeah, we- <laughs> Uh, four, two, five, two, nine, eight, seven, eight, seven, three is our, our, it's our voice number. So you can, you can call and leave us a voicemail or text too, actually. And, uh, we'll talk about it. So Fred Russell listened to that and he said, you know, I can't believe you guys bring it up. And he was dead right. There is no speed limit on the Nevada salt flats, Bonneville, the Bonneville salt flats. And not during, the same thing. Yeah. Nevada is, well. It's just on the Nevada border. Yeah. Okay. It's Utah technically, Okay, but, um, he's right. There is absolutely no speed limit on there. Hey there, Dan. This is Fred Russell
0: in response
2: to the uh Facebook post about uh two hundred miles an hour on where to try and where to go, what to do. I have a one strong opinion on that. Uh Bonneville salt flats are available off season. In wintertime it's not necessarily good and in uh, August it's you know being set up for the event. But if you go out there in June or early July, it's hot, it's dry, and you can drive out there. And as long as you have polarized uh, sunglasses on, you can see where you're going. And uh, that's great space, space to do 200-mile-an-hour runs.
1: Um, unfortunately,
2: the car I took up last time was only a, up to 150 miles an hour, but still.
1: And it's not super flat. Like, there's little ridges on there. But the section they use for the race is combed. And you, there is a section of it that is very flat. Like, and when I say it's not flat, I don't mean there's curvature bumps or things like that. It's just like where the ridges of the salt are because it gets wet. Yeah. That forms and cracks, and you can feel that. And um, the Raptor I didn't feel a thing, but on a car, you would. But you did, can drive right on there.
0: Isn't that one of the first things you did is you took the Raptor out there? Yeah. You yeah. yeah. only have to did it 100 miles an hour. That's across right. Salt okay. It's fantastic. Yeah. Break it in. Yeah.
1: But yeah, there there truly is no speed limit. Um, and there's, you can are there see.
0: Any, are there any rules, like when you can be there, how you can be there?
1: Uh, Do you don't need like a park pass, discovery pass? Nope. Don't drive in the water um, because you will get stuck no matter what. So you want to do a run. If you're going to do a high-speed pass, you can go down there and run it back and forth and make sure everything's clear. But, I mean, you can see people for, you know, miles. Yeah, so flat. And so it's not like you're going to hit anything. Um, but, yeah, you can go out there and, you know, drive to your heart's content, do circles, whatever. It's just salt. Nobody cares.
0: Watch your gas gauge. And then when you get home, wash your car, yeah. every single part of your car. Yeah,
1: there's a wash in town right there that you can use, but it's not very good. Um, I went straight from the salt flask to that, sprayed everything off, and then I went through, I'll admit, I went through a touchless car wash like three times just yeah. to spray everything out front of the truck. No problems. Obviously, the Raptor's aluminum, so that helps a lot too. But yeah, uh, uh, you definitely want to spray it off. But he's t- t- dead right. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Thank you, Fred, for calling it in. Thanks, Fred. Yep. 298 7873 298 It'll be in the show notes again. You can call and leave us a voicemail.
0: Caller number three wins tickets to Taylor Swift. Sp- no.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. That number came from... Um, so I, I was—I'm an early adopter or beta tester of many tech things, and when okay. Google Voice started, I needed a phone number, and so I did four two five two nine eight surf. That's what it stands to, because I used to wake surf all the time. Okay. I had a wake surf boat, all that. So that's what I have. It's four two five two nine eight surf. Oh, okay. So I, but I've kept it alive the whole time, and now I have an excuse to use it. Is that free? Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. I mean, I, there's probably some limit, but.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you're, but you're not pushing yeah. that, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So. so uh... I mean, you, you ran into some fires up there in Canada. Yes, many uh, of them. And you, you, did the going into the sun.
1: No, you so didn't get it. Okay, we didn't go to going into the sun road because okay. of the fires. We were oh, going to. That's okay. why I came home early. So we went up through. Um, boy, where did we go up? Up toward Revelstoke, Sun Peaks, Revelstoke. Um, went through Salmon Arm. Let's see, Salmon Arm, Sun Peaks, Revelstoke, Golden. This, if you're in the mountain bike Lodge. community,
0: this is just like the where's where to be as far as yeah. riding, special Revelstoke and all that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Revelstoke was packed. Revelstoke's a great little town. It's not so little anymore. Is that where, uh, they,
0: is that where they make our root beer? Uh, no,
1: <laughs> no, and it, it used to be. And I was yeah. super pissed because I'm like, I want to go get Revelstoke whiskey. Yeah. And no, it's made out of some place in the US now. Okay. And it's like not even like a store. It's, they don't even have like a distill it's it's a distillery, but it's like a very just bottling place. It's yeah. not like a tourist thing.
0: If you like A and W root beer and you like whiskey, Oh yeah. Revelstoke
1: Root beer whiskey is where it's at.
0: Tastes like it tastes like A and W, but yeah.
1: It tastes like syrup. It's it does. Delicious. You want to water it down a little bit but it's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so. definitely made to be it's perfect over uh with ice cream actually.
0: Yep. Or ice, or just yeah, of the or bottle. ice, yeah. Or, or if or you're sitting in your living room
1: crying, I mean, it's it's great for everything. So yeah, yeah it's <laughs> a candy whiskey. Don't get me wrong. No, you're not going yeah, your su- to yeah, yeah, so. impress your whiskey drinking friends. The amount of sugar is immense. you're not going to impress your whiskey drinking friends. I mean, inle- I mean, you probably will unless they're uptight jerks. Yeah, but you know, it's delicious. Yeah, I uh, I took
0: a little journey when you were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell me, you, I broke I broke every single rule that we've we've had. <laughs> <laughs> I went alone. I didn't take tools. I did med- measure my gas and things like that, so I took, I mean, I've been itching to get the CRF out, and it's been, life has been hectic, and uh, I decided, I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do last Saturday, I was like, I'm going to leave my house, I'm going to go down to, uh, Issaquah, Hobart, all the way down to Enumclaw, the, yeah, Enumclaw, uh-huh. and I'm going to go over to Greenwater. So, several things, I, I I got gas in Enumclaw, which was really great, because um, the gas station in Greenwater is no longer open, oh. but there's a lovely sign that says, we're sorry, you can go back to Enumclaw to get gas. Um, <laughs> I will say this: I I I planned out my maps and stuff like that, and Google kind of changed my maps on the way, to the point where it tried to put me on the Natchez Trail, like the Natchez Trail, like go straight up the side of a hill, Natchez yeah, Trail. Yeah, why like, not? So um, I had to do that, but I ended up I went all the way uh, up there through Greenwater, ended up coming back over Stampede onto I ninety, which was not the most fun on a dual sport. <laughs> and then no. I figured I'm, I figured my way down pretty much along the road uh, for a ways. I had to do a little bit of uh, of. Uh, Highway driving, which was not the best, like I said, but uh, it was a beautiful drive. So, yeah, yep. And I mean, that being said, okay, I didn't take a patch kit. I did take some tools. Um, I did, and, and I told anybody where I was going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did all these things to tell you the things you should do. Um, well, at least you've got your watch for us, I did have yeah. my watch. I had I had my Garmin GPS activated, and all that,
1: and there was a ton of people on the trails, like. <laughs> It's funny. It's when you tell people you're going to go ride, you know, a lone dual sport at Stampede. Yeah, you're not riding in the middle of nowhere anymore. Nope. Stampede is not some dis- destination people don't know about.
0: No, it was an absolutely beautiful day. Uh, it like I said, it, and there was there was I there, I forgot how many groups of Tacomas and and Forerunners and people I saw, but um, it was it was a beautiful ride. Uh, I encourage people to do it. It'd be great in a car. I mean, very yeah. easy to do. There was nothing, no single track and stuff like that. Uh, if you're on a dual sport I will say this this is something that I don't necessarily do when I'm in the car you really want to ride right if you don't know what yeah. that means is 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 to do the right thing and ride on the right side because you know coming around the corner stuff like that I came around the corner a couple of times and I was leaning out a little bit and ran, almost ran into some cars but that was that would have been my fault because yeah. I was I wasn't riding to the, the trail but um, a lot of good people talked to a lot of good people that was another thing I think like, we, we we're stopping talking to everybody and I was so I came up over stampede up you know up there where we did the photo shoot years ago, yeah, and because I wasn't a hundred percent i mean so I've got three we got three and a half gallon i m s tanks on these things, yeah, so I was more than fine, but when I got to the stamp top of stampede up there, I shut the bike off and I just let it cruise down like a, which probably isn't the best for the bike, I don't think, but and I came upon these cars, and the guy's like waves his hand. And he's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He's like, well, "I didn't hear you coming." And I was like, "Well, I'm, I mean, you could." I was out of the trees. He's like, "Is your bike okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just conserving gas." He's like, "I never thought to do that, like just to put it in neutral." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up having a ton of gas. I stopped. Um, so I, I was in Enumclaw. I went all the way, and I, I made it all the way to the Chevron at the top of the pass and, and filled up. I didn't. I needed a gallon, gallon and a half. So oh
1: yeah, so you had plenty of
0: fuel. But that was even after getting on the freeway and doing you know 65 pin. But it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh. We've talked about Stampede hundreds of thousands of times on here. It's one of our favorite places to go. Um, it's it's a fun thing if you're, if you're looking for a route. You know, obviously, call us, message us. We can we can yeah. ship it over. But come uh, rescue you. Great in a car too. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. If you're available. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not. Yeah. If I'm not, I don't have the side of a building, <laughs> building off, off and holding yeah. up a door. Yeah, yeah I'll be so right there. That was so close. I was. I could see the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah,
1: but it was good. So yeah, um, I was gonna say. We, we had a good conversation the way back about what our favorite memories were from the last year besides going and like basically living in France for a month. Um, and one of my favorite ones was actually like doing the rescues that I've done from the, uh, Washington off-road recovery network or the Warren place. I I love volunteering up there and doing those rescues. I really have a good time doing it. Do you you just follow
0: it or do they, they contact you?
1: I follow it, okay. um, and but because they, if you've done it before, you know people. They will be more inclined because they know you know what you're doing. You're not going to be a problem, and sure. so um, they I, don't have to come rescue you while you're yeah well, you're somebody, somebody yeah. else. So I, I tend yeah. to I watch carefully about, and I don't volunteer for things I know I'm not suited to do. Sure. There are definitely some recoveries on there that my Raptor's is not going to go do. You need somebody on in a jeep on 40s and. All that, and that's not me.
0: Especially snow rescue, rescue yeah, stuff. Rescue yeah, rescue stuff. Like yeah.
1: There's a limit. But ups, uh, up around here, I can usually do most of them. So that was one of my favorite things, and I'm hoping to do more of that. And then, obviously, getting the concrete in here as we sit in the shop. It's a nice day. Beautiful day. It's dumping rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> went from, like, drizzling to just dumping rain. That's okay.
0: Hopefully, it'll dry out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not, so. I'll drive you home. We're oh, I, you
0: know, yeah, because bo- both my bikes are here now. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, well, we'll, yeah. load them. we'll load one up. No, 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 no I'm now just saying, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think, you know, it has been, I mean, obviously a, a great year. The McCall trip was top notch. I said a lot that, of fun. too. McCall yeah. was probably
1: my favorite yeah. by myself memory, it's, for sure. I mean,
0: the year's not over yet. We have some more plans. I mean... As yep. funny as it is I was talking about, it, I'd like to do a camping trip in, Na- in the Natchez area. I think it'd be mm-hmm. kind of fun to uh, go up there on a Friday. Well, there's a lot of people that do that. Like, I ran into some serious setups up there. Like, yeah, serious, like, small villages that were set up. And, you know, it looked like it looked like somebody's getting ready to run a motorcycle race. I'm up there, and there's, like, three trailers, and they're in a U-shape, and all the bikes are lined up out front. Yep. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. Like,
1: do you want to be friends? <laughs> well, the yeah. problem is is they keep, the riding areas keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And so there's so few places left to ride single yeah. track without having a dual sport and on the plus side they made it much easier to convert a bike to a dual sport but i I did a little bit of single track oh yeah i found a little track
0: i'm not maybe less than a mile i mean took my time you know learning like i said i I, i'm i'm scaring the crap out of myself less and less good like i mean which i think is good as far as learning that you know i've got the right gear and, and the bike can come out from underneath me a little bit and like even riding here today the roads were a little wet and i you know i was. Watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Dan, it's the slowest I've ever taken coming here. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a learning
1: experience. But yeah, know. dual sport, like mainly off road knobbies on the wet, is not a fun experience. No. It's, no, it's just not. really not. It's not, not made for it. No. Um, at least on pavement, I mean. And gravel and dirt's great. Yeah, you're but, great. Yeah. You know, but oh, pavement's not fun. On and if you haven't knobbies. been
0: up there, and I keep saying, I keep beating on this, go up there. Take, I mean, there, you, okay, please take some type of SUV or Subaru or something like that. But, <laughs> You, I mean, th- that being said, there were people up there on those dirt roads, some of them in Priuses and stuff like that. You yeah. can do it. They're well-maintained. They're wide fire roads and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: But well, a lot a of people cr- go up there to forage uh, mushrooms. Oh, okay. That's a big thing up there. That Be- explains berry the picking. guy in the
0: Prius with like, multiple pigs. So, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. <laughs> a lot of people go up there looking for, uh, for mushrooms and then um, uh, berry picking because they don't spray up there. So, you can oh, go to blackberries up there okay. and get berries and stuff up there. So, there's a lot of that.
0: You know, one thing I didn't see is wildlife.
1: Oh, you gonna talk about see that. deer,
0: elk, or bears? Well, yeah. it's
1: not the right season for it, for one. It's hot during the day, and unless you go there in early morning or late evening, it's you're not really going to see a lot. So we, when we were up in Canada, this is the first time I've gone up there and not seen a ton of wildlife. I did see the bighorn sheep that I saw. I mean, there's like a herd. That, Same ones? Probably. <laughs> there's a giant herd that's always up by the road, but I didn't see any bear. I didn't see barely saw any deer even. Which is no really elk, weird. No elk, moose, no, no elk. No okay. moose. I was really, kind of disappointed, honestly. Um, well, the
0: temperature's pretty high up. Obviously, with the fire, but yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it got typically a high 80s,
1: okay. low 90s. Um, okay. So, which is, which is, I guess, <laughs> another tip that I tell everybody the same thing every time. If you're going to do any of these places like Lake Louise, where it's probably the most photographed lake in possibly the world, um, outside of maybe, you know, maybe Lake Como, but um, you, you're pretty much doing sunrise or sunset. If you come in the middle of the day without reservations, you're not even, you're not even able to get there for one. But okay. it's so busy that, I mean, we got up 5.30. We we're there by 6.30. Okay. And it was still busy. Like, we got one of the last parking spots busy. 6.30 in the morning. And so, other than that, you're not going. Um, any of these national parks now, they're, they're just painfully overcrowded. And more and more switching to reservation systems because they just can't support the amount of people coming into the park. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, I still stand by, I think they should ban tour buses entirely, um, and just limit the amount of people to who can fit in the park, and that's it. Just ban them entirely. They take up too much room, they're in the way, and you, you'd think to yourself, it's a more efficient way to get people into the park, but places like Zion have buses that are in the park, that are for the park, not tour buses, and that is what I mean. I don't mean like you shouldn't use efficient ways to get people into the park. I mean, instead of allowing external tour buses to come into the parks, you yeah. should use a park bus system and then limit the number of people.
0: You get Martha's uh, Greenyard uh, retirement home that comes in and it takes them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, other people, but.
1: Yeah, it's nothing against the people. It's just that it's the ecosystem can't support the amount of traffic. And it's just hard on the environment. And people go off trail more. Um, we talked about that in Idaho. Not so much because the locals will kick your ass. And I. Fully support them doing that. But in a lot of the other parks, they don't they don't have that kind of uh, vigilance, let's say. But up there it was people were mostly good, but I was glad we did it early and left early. I would not want to be there during the day. Um I even said to Sean, I was like, we need to come back in the off season up there when it's freezing cold, the coldest time of the year where you don't do the tourist stuff, because it's beautiful for one, and yeah, you can't hike, but you don't have to deal with any of the people. So you can take your time looking at things. It's a, different, it's a different world up there in the winter. It's beautiful in the winter. When that oh, lake yeah. freezes over and over, oh, yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it freezes almost solid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have not heard back yet, but I did track down the executive assistant to the uh, Idaho governor, by the way. Oh. I found her email and sent her an email thanking her for our invitation to live in Idaho. So, <laughs> but I haven't heard back yet. But yeah. it's definitely her. So yeah, Definitely so need to get it, a yeah. vacation
1: home there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, if you're going to travel the national parks, it's it's... It's kind of taken the fun out of it in some ways, because even when I, even when I started doing this, it, it's not that long ago, it was about, I want to say about 10 years ago that I really started doing, like hitting all the national parks as often as I could. And they were a 10th as busy as they are now, literally.
0: And, and it's kind of hit or miss. Cause like when we've done the rallies down through, through, through into Monterey and we've gone through, um, not Yellowstone, but, um. Oh Yosemite! Yosemite all the time. Like you know, we've we've hit traffic a lot, and there's other times we've been. It's been great, and there hasn't been any, any traffic. Which, I, and it's the same time of year. <laughs> it's, you know, so I don't know what. Uh, it
1: depends on the weather. It depends on the yeah. like, If there's fires or not, but I we've mean,
0: had we've had some good stuff. I mean, obviously, getting into the lodge and watching everybody climb the face. It's always a zoo down there. But
1: yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. If you're planning on going to the parks, though, I always tell everybody there's there's a very 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 short window of enjoyment. Very short, and it's the second and third week in September. That is the best time to go to the parks the kids are back in school people are going back to work and that is when you're gonna have the least amount of people and the best chance at weather and it could snow in yellowstone during that time it could snow in glacier like you might be hitting that but that's the kind of the sweet spot for all the parks i always tell people too,
0: when you're in the parks enjoy them be quiet yeah like you know
1: (laughs) don't go up to the buffalo stay on the path do not hike with a speaker Oh God! I do not fault anybody who punches you in the face if you if you hike with they're, a smart with a Bluetooth speaker. That's
0: on. ridiculous. There's nothing wrong. I have no problem with people walking down the trail making noise to make yeah, sure that they're talking to known, each other. Yeah, yeah, like the hay bear, I call it. But you know, it's not. Yeah, the, I, you're right.
1: I do not care how Cleetons. much I like the song you're playing. You could yeah. be playing my favorite song. <laughs> I will still want to punch you in the face for having a speaker on a trail.
0: That's <laughs> the beach. You can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, one of the highlights up there. So everybody's like, "Don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed the wildlife." I get it. Okay, if you've been to any park where there's a lot of people, we are well beyond the point of not feeding the chipmunks. Yeah. Those things are your new best friend, if you like it or not. Like, I'm sitting there on the bench, and one just like hops up on my knee. <laughs> I'm like, mm, cool. <laughs> it's so cute. Can I feed it? Can I? Can I? Uh, it, if it, it'll can, stick, I pet, can I pet that dog? It'll dig through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I pet that dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll dig through your stuff if yeah. you don't feed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I had uh, the tea house up there. It's one of the best food ever, by the way. It's all flown in or hiked in, handmade so, there. If, Incredible. The, I know
0: about it when i was a kid i don't think we went up mm-hmm. there but i know about the hike explain what it is because like you can't drive to the tea house
1: oh no no it's yeah. it's hike air hike in only yeah. um what is that what's the it's uh lake agnes tea house i think it's technically called okay yeah lake agnes tea house so this is the nearest there's two tea houses up there um lake agnes is the closest one and it's like three and a half kilometers up the hill from the Fairmont, at Lake Louise, Okay. and it is an uphill hike. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the next one is the uh, Plain of Six Glaciers Tea House.
0: Different than the, than the tea uh, the tea service at the Fairmont up in Vancouver, huh?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously the Fairmont there has tea service as well, but this is all all the ingredients are hiked in, or horsebacked in, or flown in by helicopter and dropped off. That's it, and there's no garbage service. Um, bathrooms are still hole in the ground. This is this is out there, and but they make everything from scratch, and. Like I mean you can buy bottled water. That's it. You got to carry it down with you. But the, their stuff was off the chart good. What did you, you What kind of stuff do you have to eat? I sampled um, a basic peanut butter and jelly sandwich, homemade bread, homemade jelly, fantastic. And then I had um, a date and peanut butter energy ball. Yum! It was really good. Yeah. And then what was the last thing? Oh, blueberry, uh, blueberry and blackberry cobbler that they made there. We just sampled a bunch of this That's stuff. That's amazing. Oh my God, it was But good. you're in
0: the middle of nowhere. That's
1: what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. On I, top you, of a mountain. Yeah. So you're in the middle of nowhere and there's a 30 minute wait and hundreds of people. <laughs> so, which is great. Um, but it was so worth the hike. I If you, if you want like high tea, get, go at sunrise and they open at 9am and be the first in line. Um, it's often faster to sit inside actually, but you want a better view, you're going to want to get it to go. So just, there's two lines anyway. It used to be cash only. It's not now because of, uh, Starlink, the world it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Starlink, we actually have we have cell. Phone, there's actually cell phone service on almost the entire hike up there because you're so high up that you can hit the towers. Anyway, um, highly recommend that. Driving in Canada was a blast, though. It's really pretty. Um, obviously, you've got to watch your speed up there, um, but they just <laughs> sit with KA on the whole time. I mean, it's really easy to spot the cops, and I mean everybody's doing at least fifteen kilometers an hour over. At least I would be going really slow if I was doing the speed limit. I'd be like slower than the semis.
0: Yeah, but you got to be careful too because Canada doesn't doesn't screw around when you no. when they when they think you've gone too much over, they'll take the car and all kinds yep. of stuff. So
1: yeah, gotta be careful with that. We always made sure we had a rabbit in front of us. Somebody sure. going stupid fast, and we just let them take the hit.
0: I'm in a Raptor, sir. There's no way I could be going that fast.
1: <laughs> I was really glad I had extra horsepower in those <laughs> mountains. Actually, it was a lot of passing up there, it? but okay. it's fantastic drive. It's so beautiful. Everybody should do that drive. How are the people? Mostly great. Mostly um, great. I didn't really have any problems with anybody, but it was, um, I, fr- I always forget, this is going to sound really stupid to anybody listening, especially if they're Canadian. I always forget how much of Canada is French Canadian.
0: Ah. <laughs> and
1: so. we oui, oui. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so a lot of French Canadians, a lot of French, and not from France, but French Canadian. Yeah. And uh, so that always surprises me when I go up there. I'm like, oh, yeah. They also speak French, and it's really fun to listen to. Um, a lot of people from all over the world, a lot of tourists, very few, very few Canadians, actually, hmm. and native Canadians, I mean. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, all the all the help, like, across Canada, if you've been to the resort towns in Canada, Australians. And as Americans, we oh, love Australians. yes. Just in case anybody doesn't know that, when you're listening abroad, Americans typically love Australians. They're really funny. We love their accent. They're really nice, and they don't have a lot of... Uh,
0: they're awful looking too. They're so, yeah, you know, terrible. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: terribly attractive. I am fat and old. Thank you, all of you Australians. <laughs> no, um, they yeah, we love their accents and they they are less filtered. So uh, I like that. You don't say, mate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're a ton of fun. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> I was talking with the the when you we went to Emerald Lake Lodge and when you're there you you park in a lower lot and you take a shuttle in because it's not open to the public to drive up to the resort and. There's all these people because everybody goes there to hike and paddleboard and kayak. Like it's packed, and it takes forever just to get across the parking lot because people are oblivious to their surroundings. People are not paying attention to anything except themselves, and so they're walking in zigzags across the road. And like they even hold out like a little bicycle bell out the window of the get out of the way, yeah, please. Able to move, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, yeah. Up, I talked to the I was like, "Damn, tourists!" <laughs> and of course, he's Australian. I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, everybody from here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we all got a good laugh out of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be patient when you're up there, but no, yeah. the people are great up there. Everybody, we had fantastic service, great food, and I can't tell you how, outside of the Swiss and French Alps, I don't know if there's any mountains more beautiful than the mountains outside of Banff and on the way up to Jasper. Yeah. Because we drove all the way up to the uh, Columbia Icefield, which is basically the source of the Columbia River, by the way, same Columbia. Um Weird. Columbia yeah. Icefields, the right. River. I know. Yeah. People wonder where it's at, yeah. Which Our is, water is Canadian? I know, it's <laughs> clearly Canadian. <laughs> yeah,
0: clearly Canadian, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. an 80s joke. Yep. He doesn't
1: know what that is. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's, it was beautiful up there, and that road, man, like I said, there's, there's probably nowhere more beautiful to see mountain ranges than up there. Like, it is incredible. And just even, you don't. Know, <laughs> there's a lot of passing. I'm not saying we didn't, but uh, it is an incredible driving road, but it's an incredible road even if you're in traffic like you can just sit and enjoy the view and it's it's totally different view going back as you go up like when you're looking out the window a different it's way it's
0: like you're looking in a different direction exactly yeah, yeah.
1: i know uh how were the roads like like fantastic fantastic roads oh my god okay. so we we made we joked as soon as we got close to the house so we went we came back a different way than we went up we went we came back through Idaho sandpoint and all that but as soon as we hit i90 just crossing from Kittitas County into King County, the top of the pass, right? It's Snoqualmie Pass is where the counties meet, by the yep. way. And as soon as we got to that side, the roads turned back to shit.
0: Oh, by the way, if you don't know what they're doing up on Snoqualmie Pass right now and the fact that it's down to – everybody's driving on one side, of the, it's horrible.
1: Yeah, don't FY- go over ninety if you yeah. don't need to. Yeah. Um, but we, we laughed that all of Canada, covered in snow and ice, and granted they have far less traffic than we do on those roads – like their roads are fantastic. But their roads get heat and cooled more yeah, than heat ours. Heat and cold. Yeah. yeah, I mean it gets negative negative forty every year up there. Well, yeah. Plus, even even more so sometimes when you go up in the mountains. And yet yeah. yeah, their roads were fantastic. Like nice. You could have driven a lowered Ferrari the entire way. <laughs> okay,
0: that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Like it's, if it was, if they, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know, I I know they care about that, and, and especially I forgot the name. What is the, the big lake up there? It's east. Uh, it's like a mining and oil town. There's a bunch of.
1: It's oh yeah yeah um I forgot the name of it I can picture it I know yeah it's on the way to Salmon Arm
0: if you yeah I was gonna say yeah. if you I <laughs> that's funny about Salmon Arm yeah <laughs> I had somebody that lived there um but uh there's a bunch of, I mean if you if you're on the internet that's where Daily Driven Exotics is out of uh, yeah yeah so I don't I forgot the name of it but yeah so yeah I mean I I, sus, I suspected that the roads would be
1: yeah, well they're done, incredible. So, yeah, yeah. You just, it's weird though because Canada is not a place I would go to have like spirited drive. Canada's no. where you go for the views. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But just cause the risk is too high for getting your car. And pulled. Tim Hortons. That's yeah. right. And, and Tim Hortons and the the, the
0: donut bites or yeah, whatever. Timbits, yeah. tidbits. Thank you. Timbits. Yep. I had them Tim twice. Bits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's donut holes, people. But Sean, I hate It's them. really good. Um, I love them. Uh, yeah.
1: They although they have a weird. Okay, so they're. <laughs> boy, this is off topic. Uh, not that we had one, but um, <laughs> the Timbits they have a uh, like their they glaze glazed donuts. Their standard glaze is a sour cream glaze. And they sound terrible. Sean thought they were terrible. I think they're pretty good. But I don't know. We were like trying to f- taste, you know, like they weird chip eat, flavors. They also
0: eat, eat, you know, ketchup flavored potato chips. So.
1: Which is really just their version of barbecue. Or it's not. like a light it's barbecue. Still, still. It's just weird. It's, it's called ketchup. ketchup. And I like
0: ketchup. Ketchup no. on my ketchup. Yeah. That's what they call yep. it. Yeah. So, weirdos. No. We love our North. Well, it sounds like you had a wonderful, wonderful time. That's interesting.
1: If anyone wants to route, I'll let you know. Um, it's nothing that far off the beaten path. I've done some of the overlanding stuff up there, but I ran into the same problem, quote unquote, in Montana, um, in that Montana and Wyoming, actually, there's all this open room, but because there's not a lot of people, you don't find these beautiful interconnected back roads like you do in Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. We, and especially Northern California we in California, Oregon, and Idaho, and Washington have these incredibly interconnected, beautiful roads that are all paved and, like, just you can have a blast on. Like, yeah. They're, like, 55-mile-an-hour roads or 15-mile-an-hour corners. Canada and Montana and Wyoming don't. You get from point A to point B, and you only go this one way because it's the only way that it exists. It's the and, easiest way to get there. Yeah, yeah. and even – there's not even a lot of overlanding that interconnects it compared to other states. There is, but it's, like, a lot of it's really hard, and – it's um it's just the terrain is too rough like the mountains go way too high it's really hard to get through if you look at eastern washington though it's not it's flat comp- relatively so but i mean you can off road everywhere
0: if you want a good idea of overlanding and and off road in Canada and British Columbia, there's a YouTuber called The Story Till Now. Yep, uh, one of the best. He does YouTube a channel. wonderful job of filming everything, um, and he has, he's got a gladiator that's an animal, but he's taken it places up there that I dream to go. But there there's some really beautiful roads and things like that, and I know he's really responsive to people reaching out and talking. So yeah, if you're looking for something, um, you
1: know. You've got to get pretty far out though. Yeah. Um, in Alberta, there's really just not. I mean, they're they're pretty open to it up there, like you Cam can just, loops. That Kamloops is the, yeah. is the lake, yeah. Well, Kamloops is um, no, but that's the, Lake of Soyuz or Kamloops. Snow. what is the lake on Kamloops? It's going to drive me nuts. The,
0: but yeah, it's like it's like all the oil money up there. But I don't remember what. Yeah, so
1: I drove through Kamloops. Um, okay,
0: Okanagan Lake is the uh, ah yeah, o- oh, yeah, yeah Lake Okanagan yeah Lake Okanagan yeah so yeah but Kelowna is what I'm talking about. So by the way, that's a really cool bridge going across that lake too. If you're
1: up there, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, everybody should do that. Everybody should go to Bam. Yeah, why haven't you done it yet? Come yeah, on, go. go yeah. listen Stop to listening. This. Go. You can listen to us in the car. Get going. No, you should go the second week of September. Yeah. That's it. But uh, be warned, uh, first week of October, about 60% of the businesses up there close for the season until, I think, The January. snow goes away. <laughs> no, they, they open for the snow season, but yeah. there's a dead zone where yeah. nobody's up there because um, it's, one, it's really remote, and two, there's nothing to do because it's soaking wet. So until the snow comes down and they have all this best skiing... Would you suggest
0: in some of these areas as far as carrying extra fuel?
1: Um, if you're going to Jasper, there's one gas station on the way up there. It's hit or miss. It's very expensive, as all the gas in Canada is expensive, and then it gets really expensive when you get into Banff and up up toward that area. You're going to pay seven, eight bucks a gallon. Yeah, um, and it's a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I mean, I only had to fill up twice because the 35 gallon tank, but that road is not a road you want to break down. You're going to have tons of people around. Like you're never going to have to worry about like being left alone out there, but it's not where you want to, but I mean, down. you have like probably a hundred miles between okay. fuel stops. So, I mean, it's like you, you, there's big, there's tons of signs of warning you. Like you're pretty stupid if you run a gas on that road. I'm just saying like <laughs> they tell you multiple times that there's no services and do you have gas? Like they make it pretty idiot proof, but sure enough, some, you know, we keep breeding better idiots, but it's, yeah. So true. Yeah, going. but I mean, yeah, that's just the thing, going North Canada, like, you have to make sure you have fuel, and you have to make sure you have good tires, because, I mean... And warm clothes. Yeah. Even in even summer, take warm clothes. Oh, in the, in the morning, it's freezing. Yeah. Like, yeah. We got up, at 40-something degrees, get to the top of the hike, and it's 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool, though. Cool. I, I want to go back. In winter, I mean. Like, okay. I really want to go back in winter, because that's really, it, that's sketchy, though.
0: I'd, I'd like to go in winter. Maybe we, should, maybe we get a group of people and go. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a lot of ice. <laughs> but yeah. uh, they keep it really well plowed. But I mean, and I did it in the Land Cruiser twice. So and I did it in the Audi once. Um, yeah, no problems. I'm not
0: going to get into this, but Toyota, what you did to the Land Cruiser, you should be castrated and thrown off a cliff. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. So, yeah, yeah, my opinion.
1: Okay, hold on. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad.
0: I think it's hideous, and it's a four cylinder hybrid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Fifty five thousand bucks. It's basically just a rebodied new forerunner. But it's I can't
0: an, imagine how bad the 4 is going to look.
1: It's narrower, oh, it's God. smaller, it's a throwback to the '70 series. It's kind of Defender-ish. Um, I think it's hideous, but okay. I think I think bumpers, <laughs> um, sliders, and decked out for overlanders, it'll be fine because it makes like it's Turbo Four with a hybrid uh, assist. Uh, hybrid think. assist, yeah. just like the Tacoma has. It's off the transfer case. I love the new Tacoma. Yeah, I do too. Beautiful. So I think it'll drive really well, and I think it'll be really functional. I don't love it, but I don't hate it as much as a lot of people do. I think I, it'll be functional.
0: Esthetically I don't like it. The interior's okay, but what I really want to see and obviously we will see this is I want to see the low like in your Land Cruiser when we were in trouble, you would put it in all the low gears and it would just chug its way through. Yep. And I don't know how well that's going to work. You know, like well a typical Land Cruiser and you're up to the up to the doors in snow and which means all the understuff is cold and it, you know and I just don't know how well it's going to just claw its way through. So well, well, because see. it
1: doesn't have to rely on the like just like the Tacoma, it doesn't have to rely on the hybrid drivetrain to no, run. I know, so. but then
0: you're just relying on a, on a turbo four cylinder.
1: Yeah, but I mean, everybody said the same thing about it. I mean, a turbo four in the in the Bronco works great. Even though, I'd, yeah, I would get the twin turbo six, yeah, obviously, I mean. but I mean, the turbo four works great. Yeah, it even pulls okay. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm. I mean, again, maybe I'll fall in love with it. I hated the Senna when it came out. I I, I don't think there's a more beautiful car now,
1: but. Uh, I, I, I'm not surprised they went to it. I wish they would have just done it's six. So
0: small. Like, I don't get that. Like, a Land Cruiser, I feel, needs to be the big... Obviously, they, you have the Lexus version, which is really... I, the Lexus version is pretty. The yeah. The actual Land Cruiser GX or whatever it is. Sorry. No, that's the, the, the LX.
1: The new ones, yeah, there's the LX series, but the, new, yeah. the last generation Land Cruiser was just huge. Yeah. I mean, it was as big as my Raptor. Yeah. And but that's what I think of a Land Cruiser. Like, it's just not functional anymore, though. It's so big, and it had so much plastic and overhang. People, You were literally cutting the bumper in more than in half to to upgrade. I mean... I don't know. That's my biggest complaint with my Ford, is how big it is. Um, I love it. Don't get me wrong. For what I use it for, it's great. But if I want to do some off-roading, I would go to a two-door Bronco. I'm in love with the Ranger Raptor. I have...
0: Yeah. I've got... I'm going to end up keeping my Subaru, but I just... (laughs) I have configured that so many times. Yeah. So... But
1: uh, yeah. Anyway, I would I would love to hear what people think of the new the new Land Cruiser. Sure. And what and the new Tacoma for that matter. What do people think of the the new the smaller displacement change in off roading? I actually think it's good because we're still getting the same horsepower and torque. We're getting much better mileage. I averaged 19 on this trip again on that thing. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: I will say this. I, I will be interested to see what the new generation 4Runner looks like because I feel like they made this Land Cruiser so small. Whatever 4Runner is going to be that same size. So
1: we'll see. Yeah. I'm still thinking what I want next. I also
0: don't like the hybrid systems in these cars.
1: I don't like those either. I don't like it. I'm with you
0: on that. I mean, I understand why they're doing it in the I know they have to. And I get it, but I don't like it. I I feel like it's, especially with the stuff we do, and we're not rock crawling, but I feel like nobody's going to take that new Tacoma, whatever whatever the top of the line thing is, and turn it into a rock crawler like all the other Tacomas, like the the TRDs have been turned into, because that hybrid system, and I get it's independent. But you 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 punch a battery or something happens and it you know for God God's sakes, it locks up the drivetrain you know something you just never know so the idea of taking electricity off, off road I didn't understand when Jeep did it with the four by e, so
1: well I think that appeals to a certain audience yeah whatever um I don't know I I don't be, I'm with you on the fact that I don't like it on the off road side I yeah. like it on the road side a lot I get it
0: oh I'm like like yeah. your parents car I think is and hybrid systems great yeah. But I don't think I don't think the batteries need to be offline or off off road. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the batteries the should be part. offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, it's, it's the weight I think yeah. about because weight sucks off road. Well, that sucks all the snow, time. No, but, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. in a commuter car, I don't really care. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, personal opinion. Yeah,
0: advice is worth what you, this advice is worth what you paid for it. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So right. All right, well, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, I'm glad you're back safe, and uh, welcome back to the rain. Thanks for bringing it with us. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah, so. now I got some Olin shocks to install on a monkey. See, that's right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, once you get your monkey money, so yeah. That's right. Yeah. Megan, come <laughs> Megan, get your monkey. Get,
0: yeah, come get your monkey. So. I've been home
1: for like yeah, almost 24 hours now.
0: To be fair, you didn't tell us you were home. You took a picture of the shocks, and I was like, did you buy those in Canada? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I came home early. All right. Excellent.
1: For this episode of the Avance Podcast, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.